Welcome to the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Your host, Will Bradley here. Two things. One, if you would like 10% off your Mountain Ops supplements, use the coupon code TAG10 at checkout, and that will give you 10% off. That's T-A-G-10 for 10% off. Also, if you would like some free Maven swag, go ahead, enter the coupon code NBHGIFT at checkout when you make an order, and you'll get hooked up for some free swag from Maven. Uh, other than that, I hope you enjoy the show. I think it's a really entertaining one. Uh, Coach Ryan Parr and I sit down and we talk about fitness, coaching, how to get the best out of teen athletes, life in general, fatherhood. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag, but I promise you it is entertaining. So go ahead, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you are ready to take the hard road, the road less traveled, the path in life where the journey is more important than the destination, then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigor. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast, and today we are sitting down with Coach Ryan Parr, and we are going to be talking about grit and athletes coming up, some younger guys, whether it's high school or college, how to get the most out of your training, and really that carries over to getting the most out of your life. So without further ado, Coach Ryan Parr. What's up, guys? Um... So yeah, like Will said, I'm going to talk mostly about my work with training teens. Uh, Will said something about it. He said working with upcoming athletes. Now, uh, for those of you guys that are in you know, performance-based gyms and training center gyms, uh, you know that pretty much every gym calls everyone an athlete as they come in. So I want to make that distinction that every teen that comes into my program is an athlete, regardless of whether or not they play sports, right? And uh, he kind of said that you know, what we do carries over to daily life. So I really like when I've got a lot of kids that come in that aren't in sports because this becomes their sport, right? Um, so yeah. what is it So what is it you are offering or I guess doing with these kids when they come in? What to you is the best form of training for a teen athlete? So we do a ton of strength training, uh, just basic strength. So it really comes down to how you define strength. A lot of people look at strength as, you know, power lifting totals, uh, you know, the big three, squat, bench, deadlift, press, things like that. And those are important and we do those, but we don't put a big emphasis on, you know, what's your one rep max back squat or how much can you deadlift your bench, things like that. I'm more interested in the application of force and what that does for them in the long run, what they learn about themselves in learning to lift heavy things many times. And a lot of what we do really resembles strongman training. So I have them carry things. I have them push things, pull sleds. We do a lot of stuff that really makes you question kind of, you know, I'm in the middle of this and do I want to keep pushing through? We've all had those moments where, man, this, this sled is heavy. Do I want to keep pushing or want to, you know, stop four minutes early and go home? And you know, now I'm really thinking maybe, maybe doing the dishes today is a good idea, you know, but so I, I want, I want them to learn those lessons from the weights so that way they can carry that over in life. Hey, if I can push through in the, in the weight room and learn a little bit about myself and learn what it takes to push a little bit harder in life, because I feel like a lot of kids aren't getting that in a lot of places. 
what's the why behind this? Why why do you feel that this program in particular will work the best for kids? I mean, obviously you think it works the best or you wouldn't have them do it. Right, right. Um, to kind of touch on that, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, kind of where I come from and uh, how that made me see this as something I'd like to offer because, you know, we, we, don't, we don't live in hard times. You know, we don't have sure there are people that have some some poverty and tough times but you know it's not it's not the 20s and 30s you know we, we're pretty cushy life here you know we're upstate new york and we pretty much have a lot of stuff handed to us and i'm super thankful for that i had an awesome awesome child i have great parents and i, I kind of skated through high school you know I, I didn't have to work hard um i was pretty smart. I got pretty good grades without trying too hard. So I didn't get any lessons from that. I didn't learn very much about what it takes to apply a whole lot of effort. And I got pretty much a full ride to a state school and I squandered it because I didn't want to work hard, right? I just wanted to party. I wanted to play. I wanted to hang out. And it took, it took quite a few years after being asked not to come back to that college, right? You had too good a time. Let's, uh, let's, why don't you go have a good time somewhere else? Pretty much <laughs> what they said to me and not, not the exact same terms. But uh, your presence is not requested. Yeah, you don't have to hang out here to have a good time. <laughs> so I had a good time elsewhere. And uh, I tried school, local community college, and I still just wanted to party. And I had no work ethic, really. And I think it took, you know, kind of that slap in the face of, you know, holy shit, I really have to figure out something here or I can't skate forever. I'm going to be I'm going to be nowhere. And I worked a whole lot of odd jobs, a whole lot of manual labor jobs. We're talking like dirt pay, back breaking, on call 24 hours a day, sweating through three shirts in the wintertime type work. And uh, it was awesome. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And that actually pushed me to physical exertion also in the gym because I started realizing, hey, if I want to get really good at what I'm doing here, and I should probably be a little bit better in the gym. And a, a buddy of me, uh, a buddy of mine and I kind of started and we were like, uh, reading muscle and fitness magazines and just kind of pulling articles and trying workouts and going to your local, you know, $10 a month gym and doing just odd things like developing our own circuits. And they didn't really care for that. Um, I also got kicked out a few times wearing a bandana. That was pretty fun. Really? Yeah. Why for wearing a They're, bandana? Because there's a judgment, no, you know, judgment. It was stuff. not a judgment free zone. They yeah. Were they were judging it. my bandana. Right. But yeah, so I, I started to, uh, I started to want to do things a little bit differently and I started to see the value in hard work. I started to like the hard work and that started to pay off in other aspects of my life. And, uh, like just about probably I'd say close to half of people who make a transition from, uh, in their life from maybe not pushing too hard to learning the values of pushing hard through fitness, I'd say half of them wanted to go do something with fitness. It just seems to be the trend this day. Everybody, everybody wants to be like, hey, you know, I can make a job out of this now. I go do something with fitness. I'll tell other people how to work out, right? seems to be the popular marketing thing. Just get on Instagram. You can't go anywhere without seeing it, right? Yeah, there's um, coaches, social media coaches taking over the industry. Oh, man. So let's touch on that real quick because if I can rant for a second. Um, the mic's all yours. You, you know what? So there's a really popular like – here, here's your typical uh, Instagram coach or social media coach. Hey, you know, I just really figured this stuff out for myself and I want to make it easier for other people. So that way, you know, I hear people say all the time that, man, if someone would just tell me what to do for my workout and cook my food for me and I want to give them those things and make it easy. You know what? Fuck that. Don't go easy. 
Because what are you going to learn from easy? You know, figure out how to work out, figure out how to push hard, figure out what it feels like to uh, struggle a little bit, to have to figure out about nutrition a little bit, right? So yeah, it's awesome. And you're going to see probably some results if someone's like, hey, you know, Tammy, eat this, eat that, go ahead and uh, here I cook this meal for you. But if you really want to take control of things in your life, figure it out, right? Get a nutrition coach. That's awesome. But tell that nutrition coach, I want you to teach me about nutrition. I want to know by the time we're done why I eat what I eat, how much of it I should eat, what happens in my body. I mean, that's really what these fitness coaches are doing. They figure it out for themselves and they realize there's a market for people they don't want to figure it out for themselves. Right? So you can circumvent that whole thing by just learning, right? right? right. Read a book about it. I got it. <laughs> Now, now that you've ran it, I got to yeah. ran on something. I've seen lately a trend in not just physical coaches, like coaching you on uh, athletics or fitness or even necessarily health, but now these guys who are out there that dress up in suits and they get their fancy hard part haircut and they come at you all kind of gritty like... No, no, I don't mean to use gritty. Obviously, the Gritty Bowman fantastic podcast, but I'm just using the word gritty in general because I know we have a lot of listeners that listen to both. But they come at you with this kind of, you know, gritty, gravelly tone voice. They're like, oh, do you want to be a better man? You just need to sign up for our camp. Yeah, $10,000 for one week, I'll kick sand in your face until you're an asshole. It's one thing, like, seal fit, one thing's different, right? If you want to go out test yourself and see if you're seal fit this is like that like you want to be a better man be better and you're this be yeah. better and you're that and it's like i know guys and i see these guys go to do this and then all of a sudden they're a coach and they're coaching it and it's like becoming now a pyramid scheme for bettering your life and i've recently read a book and it broke broke down a lot of statistics about people who actually uh you wouldn't expect them to be millionaires but they are and it goes over the average millionaire in america they generally you know are married they've been married for a long time they save they don't drive fancy car they don't have fancy clothes and they're generally really happy and kind of cheap and frugal and these guys are kind of pushing that opposite message and it's starting to just kind of annoy the shit out of me because it ends up in my newsfeed all the time with these guys are like, sign up for our camp. All you got to do is come here, be part of the brotherhood, and we're going to teach you this, and we're going to teach you that. It's like, stop, stop, <laughs> yeah, stop. Yeah. Men, don't fall for so, that bullshit. Don't fall for this fancy ass, show up, we're going to make you a better person. If you want to be a better person, start at home by doing small things generous things and taking care of those around you so you're talking about uh millionaire next door yeah the book yeah That's phenomenal, the book phenomenal book i think what will was talking about with the whole uh not doing fancy things is um you know living beneath your means i think they call them prodigious accumulators of wealth people that are you know you, you see the big picture we so all- i mean that can go with anything see the big picture in life right take a step back do you want to spend all this money on like fancy suits and fancy cars and then live paycheck to paycheck or do you want to be like hey you know what so my wife and i just had a car that has been paid off for years and years finally shit the bed and you know what we did we went out and what can we afford to buy outright and not get another payment not like oh here's an opportunity to go get you know a six series or whatever you know uh, it's what's going to get us from point A to point B and be a vehicle 
to get from point A to point B because I'd rather have money in our bank and pay for shit for our daughter and for our house and doing things and experiences than to have, oh man, I got to make an extra $600 a month to make this car payment for a car that I don't even need, you know? Yeah, and it just kind of, it just kind of grinds on me a little bit, like, all, all it is is they're selling this this flash and awe with the gelled up hair and the smooth talk and a nice suit. And it's like, that ain't going to make you a fucking man. If you think that's going to make you a man, you ain't never going to be a man. So watch this. I'm about to take it full circle. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. So the flash, the fancy suits, the hair. Um, there's a lot of flash in the fitness industry, especially when it comes to training athletes. Seven-minute right? abs, baby. Here we go. So how about training athletes for high school, okay? Um, there are so many people focused on, uh, and I'm going to try not to get too worked up about this. You know, no, fuck that. There's too many people focused on um, the angle of your knee and this and that and, you know, sprint starts and speed camps and core training and BOSU ball bullshit and Bo- like BOSU banded, ball like wait 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 before you go that to, away what what are people doing with BOSU Dude, balls standing on it and like I don't know just your training session should not be fucking glute bridges and like banded hamstring stuff you know what I mean like if you want to be a better athlete sure those are some accessories that are awesome things that we can do after but there's a lot to be said for the basics and uh my, the whole premise of my company, Bare Bones Strength, it's the bare bones. Obviously, I did a play on words, and I put a uh, an animal bear in there, right? But So you're not training bears? Not training bears. Um, bears are welcome, <laughs> but it's, it's the basics, right? It's the basics of pick up some heavy shit, carry it somewhere else, put it down, don't get hurt doing it, and then pick up more weight next week. There's nothing fancy in what I do. I'm not going to get online. I don't do online programming at all because... I'll give you that shit for free. I'll tell you, hey, you want me to write you a program? Pick up something heavy in three or four different ways. Squat it, lift it, carry it, press it. There you go. There's your program for free. All right? Tell me when you got results because you're going to have to do that every single day, day in and day out okay, for years and do it over and over and over. Um, there's a guy, Rob Orlando, runs uh, CrossFit Strongman. He's got this awesome saying. He's got this acronym, STALTA. Strength takes a lifetime to acquire. Right, everybody wants everything tomorrow. Everybody, yesterday, right? They want to go to a speed camp or a six-week athlete development camp and come out these animals and these dominant athletes. It's not going to happen. Okay, uh, I want kids to come in and I want them to learn. I want them to learn to work hard. Okay? So the magic in my program and the the secret sauce, right? If you can't see me, I'm putting up the quotation "secret sauce" because everybody wants to be like, "Hey, e- email me and I'll send you these five tips." Right, these uh, people love lists. If lists worked, people wouldn't have to seek out lists anymore. <laughs> Five things to be a better athlete. The three things people aren't telling you. The one trick, you know, why trainers hate him. You know, it. No, there there are no tricks. It's basic. That's the keto guy. Yeah, the keto. Right? The keto. What's the one his thing name? nobody's telling <laughs> you? Okay, so I'm not. I'm not selling my program. I'm giving a space where kids can come in and work hard. I don't want every kid to come in here. I don't want to have, you know, 50 kids coming in that I'm, you know, taking through, I don't know, speed camps and drills and just running. And so if you got a kid and they spend six weeks in a speed camp, right, if they spend all summer, okay, so they get out of school and they go to this, this program and they just run drills and run drills and run drills and they shave two seconds off their 400-meter time, that's awesome. That's great. But then you give me another kid that uh, 
I've had him with me for a year or two, and by the time he becomes a senior, his back squat goes from a heinous 135 half, uh, you know, half-ass squat to now the kid's squatting 300 for reps. He's going to plow that kid over. I don't care where your skill is at. The stronger athlete wins. That's all it comes down to. And you get stronger by picking up heavy stuff, right? And you need to learn what it feels like to pick up heavy stuff and move it. And that's where the grip comes in, okay? Because you need to understand what heavy feels like. And anybody that's ever had a bar on their back knows that like the first time you get that heavy weight and you're like, oh, I don't like this, right? This is this is tough. I might not come back up out of this squat. But then you learn, right? And uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying we throw caution in the wind. There's a lot of safety stuff that happens. There's a lot of progressions that happen. You know, the younger kids, my middle schoolers, you know, 11, 12 years old, my goblet squat, box squat, stuff like that. But they're learning those positions and they're learning what challenging is for them, right? And they're learning to push through. Um, a big thing is, uh, so I wrote this article called The Death of Indifference, and uh, I know Will shared that, and that's basically what I see them do when they come in here, right? So if you didn't get a chance to read that article, I'll kind of outline it real quick. It's basically, it's cool to not give a shit. Wait, what, yeah, let's, yeah. what is indifference? Let's define Indifference, that. just not, not caring, being like, you know what, I'm going to sit back in my chair, I'm going to slouch, I'm going to sit in the back of the classroom, and... Uh, I'm going to skip class. I was indifference embodied, okay, all through high school. I was, right, I'm going to skate through. I'm going to get good grades, and I don't have to care. I don't have to work hard. That's indifference, okay? Yeah, I got I got great grades in high school. It was awesome. I went to a small school, and I was pretty smart, so I figured out what it was I had to do, the basics to get through. But if I had cared and I had worked hard, what school would I have gone to? Where would my career path be now, right? Hopefully still right here because I love what I do. But and it taught me a lot of lessons. So indifference, you know, I, I watch I watch kids come in and not every kid, and I'm pretty careful to make sure that the kids that come into this program aren't the kids that the parents are dropping off as a babysitting service. Okay. Uh, my price point's a little higher, and it's for that reason, because I want to know you care enough to come into this program. And I want to know that you want to work hard. So when it first started, I saw some kids come in and kind of sit in the back. You know, they start, they, they come in 10 minutes early and they sit on their phones in the back and whatever they're doing. Uh, I don't even know because I'm too old, but you know, they're on their phones and Snapchat and yeah, shit. they don't want to, they don't want to do a whole lot of work. And I see that change because in the classroom, the, the cool kids sit in the back, the cool kids slouch in the chairs, the cool kids are making smart ass comments. And those are the ones that people look up to, right? Because that's the norm. And then all of a sudden we get them in an environment where, you know, it starts to become cool to lift heavier. It starts to become cool to run faster and put more weight on the sled and grab the heavier kettlebell and like get a workout done faster or get some extra rounds in when I'm like, hey guys, you got 10 minutes, get as much work done as you can. You know, I'll tell them, I'll be like, hey, you can swing a kettlebell, you can do max effort sets of push-ups, and you can drag something heavy across the room. You got 10 minutes. I'm not turning the clock on. How many rounds are you going to do? And I put that to them. Now it's uh, your effort dictates your results. And I emphasize that every single day with them. You can absolutely come into my my program and do the stuff that I wrote on the board and not leave even breaking a sweat. But if I tell them, hey, you got, you got about 10 minutes left in class until that clock strikes 630 and class is over, how many rounds are you going to get? How much effort are you going to put in? How much work are you going to do? How much weight's going to be on that sled? And they push each other, right? Indifference is is dying. It's dead. They give a shit. They care. They want to get more done. They want to pull more weight on the sled than somebody else. They want to get back to the push-ups because those are the things that they're going to be able to come back. And all of a sudden they're like, dude, I'm squatting this much. That was awesome. Right? I got a 12 year old that's squatting like 150 
deadlifting close to 200 pounds. He's been with me for quite a long time, but he does that. He came into me pretty strong, right? Don't get me wrong. He came in pretty strong. And the difference between where he started and where he is now is he cares and he wants it, right? And that's what I see change with kids. And that's what I want to foster an environment where they care and they want to change, right? So I'm not looking for everybody. I'm not looking to pack the house with you know, 30 kids a session. I'm looking for the handful that want to be here, that want to put in the work and push everybody else because their life is going to be different, right? They're going to go finish high school caring about things in their life because they've learned lessons in the weight room and they're going to care about college experience or if they don't go to college, their work and they're going to, they're going to know how to push through and they're going to know what work ethic is all about, which, you know, I love my parents. My parents are fantastic, but I didn't do that, right? I didn't, I didn't go through that. And my parents were so awesome that they, they gave me everything I needed, right? Ex- uh, except I didn't have to, so I didn't have to work super hard on anything. And I think I want these kids that all come from great homes. They have great parents and, you know, they, they, they live a, a charmed life. But they, we need something to teach us these lessons. And I think this is the environment to do it. What kind of success have you seen from your athletes who have been doing this with you for a while? Um, it comes in a lot of different ways. Um, it depends on how you define success. Okay. Uh, I think you, I've seen success in when the parents come in and tell me like, Hey, so-and-so dominated this season or, uh, so-and-so scored all these points or they're, they're now team captain, right? That's a big one too. So whether it's athletic prowess because, and not because they are the biggest, strongest athletes it's because they care more, they push harder. Right. And that's why they're the best athletes now. And they're winning things and they're scoring points and they're team captain because they've got work ethic and they want to be there and they want to instill that in other kids, right? And they want to be like, hey, guys, let's do this. I'm going to lead this run. I'm going to do this because they didn't see the value in that. So I think to me, that's success. Um, and then there are other little successes, right? Success shines through in a lot of ways. Uh, showing up early. And when I walk into the back room 10 minutes before class starts and I see kids doing curls and sled drags and pull-ups, hell Yeah. Right, They came in and did this on their own. 12, 14, 16 years old, they showed up early to work on things. That, to me, is success because that shows that they're learning that uh, hard work has value. Other successes, posture, talking louder, looking me in the eye, shaking your hand. Those are all successes to me because when a kid walks in and he's super young and he hides in the back and then six months later, Ma comes out and she's like, hey, I got to tell you what, he's standing up taller. He, I see it. She's like, he's standing up taller. He's walking with his chin up now because that kid's proud of what he's done. He's put in some hard work and he's proud of it and he sees the value in it. That's success to me also. Which I think a lot of times nowadays it's harder for kids maybe to find something to be proud of because there's so many distractions that give you that we talked about it before we started the show. You know, you look at your phone, you get a little dopamine hit, move on a little bit, look at your phone again. You know, you're constantly getting that little bit of affirmation. I got a really awesome quote that I got to throw in here. Hi. It's from John Wellborn, runs cross the football. He spent 10 years in the NFL. Awesome dude. Uh, runs power athlete. Really look up to this guy. He's got this quote that he was like, and hopefully I don't butcher this, never before in history has the human race documented so closely mediocrity. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. We document fucking everything, right? Like, here's me doing a set at 80%. Great. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Right? Don't waste your time putting that on Instagram, right? Nobody cares because everybody's doing it. Put your head down, do the work, and show me something that matters, right? Or arguing about things on Facebook that don't matter versus like getting back in your community and doing something that does matter, helping somebody out, right? Uh, Zach Evanash is a huge inspiration to me. He runs Underground Strength Gym. I got the chance to go hang out with him. We keep in touch pretty regularly. Um, he, he says that every time you send an email or every time you do a podcast, you should help change someone's life, okay? Every, every interaction that you have, and this uh, John and I were talking about this, John that runs across from Walk Valley, which uh, I want to come back and give him a shout out pretty quick because that's where I run my program at. <laughs> and uh, that's actually where we're sitting right now is in a called Studio B back office. Studio B. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to move John out of here. But, uh, we, were myself to, in. we were talking about every interaction that you have ch- changes someone in some way. You, you never leave a conversation or an interaction exactly the same. You either are a little bit better or a little bit worse. And with that, everything that you do in life does that. You can't walk the line. You can't plateau and stay the same. Every single piece of fucking food you put in your mouth, every rep you do, every decision you make, every phone call you make changes you either better or worse. And you're going to accumulate things in your life and situations and interactions that add up to make you better or add up to make you worse, right? So it comes down to everything that you do. I kind of lost my train of thought where I was going with that. But, oh, I cut you off. That's what I did, yeah. So let's come back to Will, what he was saying. About, I don't uh, know what the fuck I was saying anymore. <laughs> so I tend to run. I'm a little fired up. We just got done with some heavy deadlifts this morning. Oh, yeah. So, by the way, it is 6.47 a.m. So what? what uh, 6.47 a.m., that's pretty early in the morning to be doing a podcast. What time did you wake up this morning? I got up at 4.05. And at 4.05, I made coffee. I got the coffee set for my wife. Um, which hopefully I'm probably going to be home before she's up, before my daughter's up. And uh, Will and I both got down here at the gym at 5 a.m. We hit some heavy, heavy deadlifts. We did a workout with some – and it was basic, right? What do we do? We picked up something heavy, and we pressed with the upper body back and forth. We got a killer workout and uh, grabbed a uh, grab a little bit of protein dust, and we're sitting in here at 6.47 a.m. Would you – when you were younger, did you wake up early? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Because I was out late drinking. When did you decide to start waking up early? And how important do you think Hmm. that is to your daily success? Uh, Huge, huge. You know, when it happened was uh, I was working a job that we started at 8 o'clock in the morning, which wasn't too bad. But uh, I wanted to start working out more. And I was looking at my day, and I knew there was a lot of stuff going on later in the day. And I was still kind of like hanging out with friends and partying a lot. So the only time that left me was early. So I started getting up at 6, 6 a.m. and going for a short run. Then it started being a little bit earlier and getting into the gym before I even went to work. And this was still at that, that box gym. This was still, you know, at the planet of do what you you know, do what I tell you to do. The planet of no judgment unless Pur- you don't fit our mold. Purple planet. Get the f- out. Yeah, purple planet. So, uh, yeah, waking up early there uh, was huge. And then I started working a job that started at 6 a.m. And then all of a sudden I was getting up early to go for a run before 6 a.m. And then work all day and then work out after. So, yeah, I found out that there was this whole world that existed before the sun came up, right? And if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you still get a full night's sleep. You don't have to be a – so uh, when I have my kids' class – when they're done, I leave them every single day with whatever you're having for dinner, eat a double portion, and don't stay up till midnight on Netflix. 
That's what I leave them with every day. Because if they can do that every day, eat a good amount of good quality food and don't stay up late and get some sleep, that's going to add up also, right? Because there's a whole world. And I ask them, especially on the weekends when I see them, all right, hands up in the air. Who got up 15 minutes ago? Who got up half an hour ago, an hour ago, two hours ago? Who got up? And we see who got up the earliest that day. And that person has got a big shitty and grin on their face. They're like, dude, I got up at 6 a.m. today. They were like, I made breakfast. I did this and that. And that's awesome. That's so cool. Because you're not lazy. <laughs> you know, you're not wasting the day. You're not sleeping in. It doesn't matter what time you get up. 10 minutes after you get up, you're ready to go. This morning, my alarm went off at 4.05, and I was like, oh, man, extra 20 minutes. And I was like, if I just get out of bed and start making coffee, I'm going to feel fine. I don't even have to drink that coffee yet. Once I'm up and moving, I'm awake, and I'm good. Yeah. It's, so it's, <laughs> it's funny because I, I look forward, especially I like to wake up early. I wake up a lot of sometimes on my own, uh, usually at 4.15, though, and that gives me enough time to get everything I need to do, hit the gym by 5, and – it's funny because today, for some reason, there was a miscommunication between my phone and my Fitbit. The alarm didn't get set, and I still woke up at, on my own at 4.36, mm-hmm. and I looked at the clock, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to move. But my body, like, it wanted to get up. It wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. I was excited. Like, in the back of my head, I was excited to get in and work out. And you talked about guys you know, in the back of the class. And I was in the back of the class for a lot of classes in high school. And I know a lot of the guys we work out with were also in the back of the class. But if you were to come in and look at that 5 a.m. class, you would see, you know, all those same guys in the very front of the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the people that get up. You know what's cool about the 5 a.m.? We got a lot of teachers in 5 a.m. A lot of, a lot of or you know, uh, not elementary. Yeah, some elementary, middle, high school teachers and local schools come to the 5 a.m. class. And then in the summer, they still come to the 5 a.m. class. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I think that's great. You know, they still get up and they're, they can, they got the whole day off. That's great. They can do the whole rest of the day, whatever they want. But they still get up and they still come to the 5 a.m. because they got their routine. There's getting up yeah. because you have to early. And then there's getting up early because you want to yeah and you understand the value yeah yeah and i think once you understand that value once that sinks in and you're like you know what the earlier i get up the more i get done i you know you force yourself to go to sleep maybe a little earlier than you used to your days start becoming more productive yeah so let me ask you this because uh for those of you that don't know will and i are in a very similar life situation um, his well, our alternative lifestyles. Yeah, <laughs> yours is about to be a, a little bit different than mine pretty soon here. But uh, for those of you that don't know, um, our wives had our children one month or one week apart. Yeah, so Will's son and my daughter are one week apart in age. So we went from you know basically, and you got married. What well, was? two months before I got married yeah I think that's yeah. about so very about similar right. life situations right so we're about the same age and it's pretty cool that we can connect on that we see some patterns some similarities that so we went from this like bachelor lifestyle having a whole lot of time uh having a fiance having a wife and then about a year later or, or nine months later I guess it was right? uh, <laughs> I think have, 10 months is yeah. the actual like uh having kids right period. and then once you have a kid and you realize, holy shit, what did I do with all my free time? What did I do with it, 
right? Because now I realize that I really don't have any left. So you start to create that free time. And that was a big shift in getting up early too, having, having the kid, right? Because now it's, well, if I want to get stuff done, you know what? My wife runs a very successful traveling photography business. She specializes in uh, uh, couples and elopement packages, and she likes to travel to destinations. She spends a lot of time admin on the computer and a lot of time doing emails and marketing and editing pictures. And she does it when I get up to go to the gym. She gets up with me at four o'clock in the morning, right? And she sits on the computer for the three hours while I'm at the gym and then coaching a class for the day and then coming home until our daughter gets up at seven or eight o'clock in the morning. There's, right, every day. There's something nice because on my rest day, which it was yesterday actually, I was still up and I was in the office by I think like 545. Mm-hmm. I slept in a little bit because uh, I stayed up a little bit to be honest because I, I do like Netflix and there's a new show about these guys hunting serial killers, which awesome. I know, yeah, it sounds fucked up, but. No, it's not. We're watching The Strain right now. The Strain? Oh, yeah. I heard that's good. That was really good. Yeah, this one's Mind Hunters, and it's about cool. like the first behavioral unit or behavioral analysis unit, guys. And uh, long story short, get up. I'm working in the dark. You know, got a little lamp on, working at my computer, working on the website, doing stuff. And it's like you're in your own little like secret hidden world getting yeah. stuff done. And there's a hush that people adopt before the sun comes up when they work, regardless of whether or not they need to or not. Yeah, it's it, nice. It's cool. It's it relaxing. Is. Honestly, uh-huh. I feel the most productive in that first yeah. hour of the day that I'm in there in the dark. Uh-huh. So let's pull this back. Let's pull this back to uh, back to uh, the grit, right? So we're, kind of, we're going to, back. I'm trying to be the guy that pulls us back on track today because we could just rant all yeah, day. Yeah, I'm the guy who will chase the rabbit down the hole. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're we're gonna try to pull back on track here. So we kind of talked about. Um, what I do, why I do it. Um, and uh, so I want to touch real quick on us. We, we talked about Instagram a little bit. Um, so I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Bear, B-E-A-R, Bones, B-O-N-E-S, Strength, right? All spelled out. You can find me on Facebook under that, on Instagram under that. You can email me, barebonesstrength at gmail.com. Hey, lots of ways to get in touch with me. But what you won't do is you won't get on Instagram and you're not going to see a post every day or post even week every week sometimes. And you're not going to see a ton of stuff on Facebook. You're going to see some videos here and there. But what I'm not doing is I'm not slathering social media with uh, all these images of every, you know, what everybody does because I'm not, I'm not putting this out there in the public. You know where the kids that are in my program come from? A lot of them come from word of mouth. Right, so there are parents here at CrossFit Mohawk Valley who understand hard work and then want their kids to come in, and that's awesome. Or there are people here that train here in this gym and see the value of hard work that work with athlete teams at the JV or varsity level and are like, dude, help this team out. Let's get them some grit. Let's get them figuring out how to work hard, stronger, stuff like that. So that's where that comes from. And I'm not looking for, you know, like I said, 30 people in class. I just want the ones that want to work hard and they don't have to come in strong. They don't have to come in, you know, uh, with a super strong deadlift and athletic prowess. And Hey, I want to go from, uh, second string to first string, this and that. They just got to come in and be able to work hard. That's all I'm looking for. So if you could go back in time, right? Hop in the magic time machine and go back and talk to Ryan Parr circa 2003. Mm -hmm. What, What would you say to yourself? Um, 
2003. So I'd probably say I was uh, in my high school weight room and I'd probably say get off the preacher curls, right? And maybe squat a little bit, <laughs> okay? Because, uh, um, right, we were, we were big on like getting, trying to get in the 200-pound bench club in high school, right? We Ooh, big weight. 200 pounds, right? 200-pound bench club and then preacher curls. And that was about it. Like once a month, we might run down the hallway a few times, a couple sprints. That was about it. But we didn't know anything about what we were doing. So if I go back and talk to myself back in high school, uh, as I'm talking to these kids now, I would say uh, eat as much real food as you possibly can, right? And we're talking like animals, plants, potatoes, rice, stuff like that. Eat as much of that as you can, not junk. Don't stay up late and uh, lift heavy, right? Lift heavy and give a shit about stuff, basically. That's what I would tell myself, and that's what I tell these kids. I don't say give a shit about stuff, right? I'm a little more diplomatic when it comes to the teens, but I try to be real with them, right? I don't try to feed them a whole bunch of bullshit that I don't do myself. Which which is important because I you see that too on that internet coaching is people telling people things that they themselves may not be doing. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta be about it, right? You gotta do what you're telling people to do. You have to. So my training now, I love doing part of the workouts that I give to kids to do. I don't do all of it because they're 14, 15, 16 and recover a lot better <laughs> than me. But I do parts of it, and while I'm doing it. For me, it's not about the weight anymore, right? I've been there. I've done the, you know, how how much can I deadlift and powerlifting meets? How big can I get? How how far can I get in strong? I've done those things, and that was great. But now it's about running this business and keeping myself accountable to them and to everyone else at this gym that I still walk the walk, but in in a way that allows me to not spend three hours in the gym because you can't. If you want to be successful, yeah. that's the other thing. If you want to be really successful yeah. in life fucking three hours at the gym ain't no. happening so here's a great quote you want to be a good a dad professional coach i'm an amateur athlete because nobody pays me to be an athlete nobody like my my 600 pound deadlift didn't give me one fucking dollar <laughs> nothing you know what i paid to go to that meet right so but you know what does what does put food on the table for my family and give me a whole lot of uh drive in life is coming in here and coaching people and walking the walk to them and showing them that, hey, I can push through a little bit too here and there, but I can still get everything done in my life and learn the balancing act and the juggling act and learn how to have a little bit of work ethic, right? And that's that's much more important. So shame, shameless plug time. If, uh, say, anyone in the Utica, Mohawk Valley community area is interested in enrolling their kids loved ones or maybe you know they have a nephew whatever in this program getting them involved where would they go what would they do how do they get hooked up lots of ways i'm super easy to talk to um and i'm super open to lots of different ways i just want to see these kids get in and train right uh i'm even offering some some extra time slots to some of my kids that i know can't make it uh during class times because i just want to see them lift in season so I'm super easy to work with. Uh, I have class five days a week for these kids. We meet up Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5.30, Tuesday, Thursday at 6.30 at Cross and Walk Valley. John is awesome. He lets me run this program right out of the back room. Uh, use of the equipment. This place is great. If you've never been down here, this is the only place in the area that we can support an entire team worth of kids to come in and train together. And everybody gets their own back squat rack, their own bar, their own equipment. And we've got the coaching, we've got the space, we've got the equipment, we've got sleds, prowlers, 
anything basic we need, we can get it all done here. And it's awesome. But they can find me. They can email me, bare bones strength. And uh, we'll go ahead when we post this. I'll give you all the uh, all the links to my email um, at gmail.com. I'll give you the link to uh, my Facebook page. You can get a hold of me. There's a contact button there. Call me, 315-292-8156. That's my personal cell phone number. I'm not afraid. Go ahead. Call me. Please, someone prank call him. Yeah, don't Please. don't forget the 315, though. If you prank call me and it's really good, I'm going to send it to Will and we'll put it back on this <laughs> yeah, podcast. How I about will. that? I will put yeah. it on there. Yeah. Please, someone do it. <laughs> my voicemail might be full. I don't answer my <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah, I should just, probably clear that out. Just stranger soliciting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, you can get a hold of me that way. Um, so you can call. You can... Uh, I don't know. We live in 2000. What year is this? 2017. What <laughs> I year that is all it? All the time. Almost like 2018. You know, it sounds stupid. I'm just getting I... ready for next year. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like 2017. It seems like yeah. 2002 still. But you, you could text me. I don't care. Text me a little bit. Um, email me. You could stop down, check out a class. I uh, tell everybody first class is free. I want the kids to come in and try their first class free. Just let me know you're coming uh, because I want them to make sure that this is what they want to do before they sign up. Um, I'm not going to take somebody's money for a program and then be like, haha, you don't like it. I'll show up. Fine. I'm keeping your money. No, I'm pretty easy to work with. I only want people to come in and pay to be here if they want to be here. So you can try the class for free. Um, if you're a coach and you got a team and you want to get your team in here, you can get a hold of me. I work with teams. Um, I've been kind of getting into trying to just get to some schools. I go do talks at schools, talk about kind of what we're talking about here. Talk about the importance of nutrition, uh, for teens, developing teens, uh, talk about the importance of seeing through kind of all the bull that's out there right now. I think teens see a lot more of it than we do even because they're way more connected. Um, cutting through all that and uh, getting back to the basics or, or the bare bones of it, right? How was that for a plug? The bare bones. Of it. That's why I called it that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's my plugs. All right. Now, here's mine. So, don't forget TAG10 for 10% off Mountain Ops and NBH Gift. For some free Maven swag, please subscribe, like, share, do whatever you can to push us. We appreciate it. We appreciate you listening very much, each and every one of you. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I do appreciate you taking the time because I know how valuable your time is to listen to this show. We're just sitting in an empty room talking to each other right now. So if you guys don't listen to that's a we'll sit and chat anyway. But uh, yeah, we, we need you guys to listen. So there's somebody out there listening to this. That's right, Ryan got a sexy voice on there. (laughs) All right, this has been the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Live life with vigor.